If you brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to begin there this morning. I want to read one verse to you, verse 17, and then we'll go to the Lord together in a word of prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me read it to you one more time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's pray. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here, to, uh, to worship together, to fellowship together, uh, to lift our voices together to you and praise and glory. We thank you, Lord, for the new year. We thank you for the day. We thank you for this church and our church family. But we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. Lord God, that you sent him and give him so that we might have life and have that life uh, abundantly uh, and eternally. God, we're not worthy of it and we don't deserve it and, and we could never do enough uh, to repay you or to thank you. But Lord, I pray that we'd be a people that always have praise and glory on our lips for you because you alone are worthy. I pray, Lord, that we'd be a heavenly-minded people. Lord, that we'd have a heart, a, a burden in our heart to see lost souls added to your kingdom, to see people saved uh, from sin, to see people uh, turn their lives over to you uh, and commit their lives to you. I pray, Lord, tonight or this morning, God, that you would just move in our midst in a mighty way here. Lord, that you would stir us. God, that you'd lift us up. God, that you would encourage us. Lord, that you'd draw us near to you. And Lord, I'm praying, Lord, that if there's any among us that doesn't know you, any that are lost and undone, Lord, that today would be the day that they would repent and get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. And so, Lord, let me ask one last thing of you here this morning. I need your help. I can't do it without you. I got nothing to preach, nothing to say, lest you give it to me. So, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would just clear my mind of everything but your message, your words, your thoughts. Place on my tongue the very things you'd have me to say here this morning. Lord, I'm asking for your anointing, your holy unction. Lord, for a filling of your spirit. Lord, my desire is for everyone to leave here this morning knowing that they've heard from you. So God, I'm just praying, have your way and your will in our midst, and we'll give you the glory for it. We love you, we worship you, we praise your holy name. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I was thinking about all of this, I was thinking about a, you know, it's a, it's a new year, right? I mean, today is literally New Year's Day. You know, that won't, ha that won't fall on a Sunday again for 11 years. 11 years is how long it'll be. Normally, it's more often than that. Uh, but because of the way leap year falls, this, this go around, or the way leap year falls, I guess it'll be twice in that. Uh, it'll be 11 years before we, before we have service, uh, a Sunday morning New Year's Day service. 
And so anyways, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about a new year. I was thinking about new beginnings. That's why I thought about this verse here. I believe that's why the Lord directed my thoughts to this verse here. Therefore, if any, uh, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creature. Old things are passed away, right? That previous year is gone. The old man is gone if you are in Christ, right? Those things are gone. Uh, and so old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I look at that and I think about that. I think there's, there's something about the new year that makes most of us want to start over right? Uh, to start over maybe in certain areas of our life uh, where, we've, where maybe we've had trouble, maybe where we've struggled, maybe where we've made mistakes or where we've messed up. Um, I should have looked up the statistics because I know they're out there. I've seen them before, but I didn't and I don't remember right now. But I know that, you know, people make New Year's resolutions. I know one of the most popular ones is to go on a diet, right? Lots of diets are starting today. Uh, another one uh, that is popular is to you know quit smoking, right? A lot of people quit smoking, or to start exercising, or just you know a New Year's resolution for uh, some sort of better uh, you know health or take better care of yourself, right? New Year's resolution to uh, maybe to spend less money and save more, or maybe to you know there's just a whole assortment assortment of things. Uh, uh, for Christians, probably one of the most popular ones is to start. I don't know that they would really think of as New Year's resolution, but to start reading their Bible and get it read through in a year. And so we have all of these things, right? And I think about all these areas in our life uh, uh, where we've messed up, maybe, where we need to start over, where we need to do better, where we need a fresh start. And if you look through, if you look through history, this is something that's a lot, of, a lot of people have done a lot of different times. I think of people like uh, Abraham Lincoln, right? He started over many times. He failed and went bankrupt in business and, and started over and, and, and lost elections and started over. And, uh, you know, uh, he started over several times. I, I read what really got me thinking was I, I read the other day about a very successful man. Uh, who started over at the age of 62. At the age of 62, he'd went completely bankrupt, didn't have nothing, not even a home. I mean, he was literally on the street homeless. And he, he started over and ended up very successful. Made a to totally new you know, life for himself. If you think about the Apostle Paul, right? The Apostle Paul who was Saul, and then God gave him a new name, Paul, after he was born again. You, you could almost make that correlation, right? Being born again, starting over. The old life, you made a mess of it. God gives you an opportunity for a new life. I think about Billy, the famous evangelist, Billy Sunday. You could say the same thing about him starting over. You really, if you start to think about that way, and you start to think about that being born again of the Spirit of God, right? Being your mind being renewed, the old man passing away, and you are a new creature in Christ. Behold, all things have become new. When you begin to look at it and think about it that way, you begin to realize that that's why Jesus came and died on the cross. He did it so that we could have a chance. 
right? So we can have, I hesitate to say have a chance to start over again, but so that the old man could, so we could crucify the old man and we could become a new man in Christ, right? Our old ways are not the same, or our new ways are not the same as our old ways. So as I thought about that and going along that line of thinking, maybe today, maybe today you're doing pretty good. Then it, but there's still some areas where you could do better. Maybe today you're kind of down and out. Maybe you're sitting there thinking of some things that, man, you'd like to just kind of start over again on. Let me give you, as a Christian, let me give you four things. Let me give you four of maybe the most common that may need a new beginning this year and let me encourage you if the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart if he speaks to you or seems to maybe challenge you a little bit on any one of these I started to say would you do me a favor but no would you do yourself a favor and let God make a new beginning in that area of your life so Let's start out with what I think is probably the most common Christian uh, thing that Christians start out the new year going to do. They're going to read their Bible. Maybe they started last year or on a previous year. Maybe you started last year or on a previous year, and you were going to read through it in in a year, uh, and you uh, you didn't quite make it. Maybe you got hung up where everybody else does and Leviticus and Numbers and along through there. Maybe you've done better than that. I don't know. But some of us here this morning need a new begin or need a new beginning in our Bible reading and in our Bible studying. Did you know that there is only uh, 1,189 chapters in the Bible? Notice I said only, right? You're thinking only 1,189. That's a lot. It is, but it's not as many as what you think. Did you really that you can read your entire Bible uh, in one year by just reading a little more than three chapters a day, right? If you take that 1189 and divide it by 365, uh, you get three with just a little bit left over. Uh, do you know what you can do? You, you know what, how, what you can do? You, you can read those three chapters <coughs> in about 15 minutes a day. Uh, it doesn't take that long. And let me just throw something at, at you this morning. What if it took, what if, you know, I hear so many people say, well, I don't read very good. I read slow. Well, that's fine. I don't read that great, and I read kind of slow sometimes too. But what if it took you 30 minutes? What if you spent 30 minutes in the Word of God instead of 15 every day? What would be so terrible or so awful about that? I think that might be all right. I think you might have some benefits from that. But anyways, so what if it takes you a little bit longer than that? But 15 minutes, right? If you read an average speed and you can read three chapters a day, 15 minutes, you got just a little bit left over. I'll give you a thought or idea on that. But that means... (coughs) <coughs> that you could read through the entire Bible in 90 hours. That's how long it takes to read it cover to cover. I know, I know, this is something that I, that I, that I get on once in a while. But it, ne- it never ceases to amaze me how many Christians, and when I say Christians, I don't mean Christians that were just got saved last week, last month, or last year. I'm talking Christians that have been Christians for a long time. 
Maybe they've been Christians for years. Maybe they've been Christians for their, most of their adult lives. Maybe they've been Christians since they were children. Maybe they were raised in Christian homes. It surprises me how many in that group has never read the entire Bible cover to cover. And listen to me, preachers are not exempt from that. I, I have known of several preachers that, would, that is confessed and, and admitted. I don't mean new ones. I mean ones that have been preaching for years. They've never read the whole Bible. Come on, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, now I realize there's hindrances and limitations, and I know we're almost at a time where uh, nobody is, is um, you know, illiterate, but we've still got a few in our society that, that cannot read. Uh, but you know what, even if you can't read or you, you feel like that, you know, that's just not a viable option for you, do you realize how easy it is to listen to it? To listen to the Bible? You, every, I bet about every one of you is carrying a little device in your pocket that will read it to you out loud for free. Absolutely for free. There's all kinds of Bible apps out there that on your phone or your tablet or whatever uh, that you just click a button and it will and it'll read it to you. So there is so many ways to get the Word of God. Jennifer is obviously good, and if you haven't noticed, I know she sets some out there. She sets out new reading plans every year, and if that's what works for you, there, get you one. There's one out there. She's found one a little bit different this year, and I like it. But anyways, uh, uh, listen to me. What I'm trying to say is to read your Bible is not as difficult as you think it is. The devil wants you to think it's difficult, right? He wants you to think it's too big of a task. He wants you to not even undertake that. You know why? Do you know why? Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do you know who? You know the first ones that he's devouring, the ones he's going after? The ones that are weak and sickly. The ones that are, that are off on the edge of the herd. So many of us, too many of us, have spent too little time with God and in the Word, and we are spiritually weak, and we are ripe pickings for the devil. Look around. Look around. There's less people here than there was last year. There's less people than there was, was here five years ago, ten years ago, you could go on back in time, twenty years ago and thirty years ago. And do you know what? I, I can only speak for the last ten years. But you look around the last ten years, the ones that's not here, there's a couple of there's a couple of people, I can name maybe three or four or five at the most, that's going to church somewhere else. But almost all of them ain't going to church anywhere. Do you know what happens? They are spiritually weak and they let the enemy pick them off. Listen to me. If you're, if you're, if you're going to make a vow, a however you want to say it, a commitment, you just have a thought that you're going to do something this year, make it read the Word. Read the Word. Spend some time in the Bible. I told you a while ago that uh, 15 minutes a day can cover it. There's reading plans. If you don't want to do it that way, you can just count chapters. You can read three chapters a day. Read three chapters a day and five on Sunday. Oh, my. On the Lord's Day, give Him two extras, and you'll be done before the year's up. Three, three a day for six days a week, five on Sunday, and you'll be done before the year is up. And you know, it'd be easier than what you think to read through the Scripture. 
God will bless you. He will use that. Do you know what will happen? You'll be talking to somebody and God's word will come out of your mouth. That's how he works. That's how that works. He will use it. Whatever you put in here, right? Some people think that they don't have to read this, that maybe they can just slip it under their pillow like we used to hope our science books would do when we was in middle school. And by osmosis, it would transfer into our mind. Some people have gotten the idea that that God will do that. But he tells us in his word very plainly right that there'll be there'll come a time when we'll stand and have to give word and the things that we've heard the things that we've read the things that we've been taught he'll bring them to our memory he'll bring them to our mind you'll be mad you'll be amazed at the times that god will use so often we'll go through and we'll be reading our scripture and we'll get done and we'll think you know sometimes we'll just feel tremendously blessed other times you'll go through and you'll read for a little bit and you'll think I didn't get nothing out of that. I didn't understand a word of that. You got a lot more than what you think you did. And you understood, or there's a lot more in your mind, and God will bring it to your understanding when you need it. Just be obedient and do what God has asked us to do. You know, it wouldn't hurt us if we added a little depth to our study. It's good. I call that devotional reading that I was just describing to you. Uh, You know, and it's good to spend some time just reading the word and just soaking it in. But it wouldn't hurt us if we would set a little exercise time aside occasionally and we'd dig in a little bit deeper, right? We'd study maybe there's something that we're wondering about or maybe it's just simply our Sunday school lesson or our Wednesday night lesson. Uh, You know, uh, it wouldn't hurt. You know, let me just say this. Get yourself a good Bible dictionary. And if you ain't got a good concordance, get you a good concordance. It'll make all the difference. I promise you it won't hurt you any. The Bible says, you know, we're to study what the Bible teaches us, right? We're to study what the Bible says and what it teaches. That's called Bible doctrine, right? Uh, The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 4.13, it says, Paul is talking to a young pastor. He's talking to Timothy. He says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, to reading, to reading the Word of God, to exhortation, encouraging one another, right, and to doctrine. That applies in all aspects of our lives, in our services. It really does. Uh, For us as Christians, uh, we need to give time to reading the Scriptures. We need to give time to exhorting, to encouraging, to lifting up, uh, to sharing the Word of God with others, right? And we need to give time to doctrine, to the things that the Bible teaches. As a church, we need to give time in our worship services for the public reading of the Word of God, right? To the exhortation, to the preaching of the Word of God, to doctrine, to the teaching of the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, uh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You ever wondered why God told us that? Because most people don't even know why they believe what they believe. It's true. I, something I've always wanted to do, and I don't know if the Lord will ever allow me to do it, but I would love to teach a class one of these days. And I don't even know what the right thing to call this, but here's, here's my point. Why we believe what we believe. Why do we believe what we believe? 
Main reason I've never even tried to start it is it would in, it is it is everyone that participated as a part of the class you would have to do work outside of the class. You would have to go home and go through your scriptures and pour through your scriptures and come back with answers to why you believe what you believe. And I've, I've never, and maybe it's just my own shortcoming, my own I'm chicken. But I've never even tried to start it because I've always been afraid that whoever would participate in the class wouldn't do the necessary work outside of class that they would need to do. Because sadly, as Christians, too often, the only time that we ever open our Bible is when we're here at church. And I think that leads to the problem that I was trying to bring out and address and why you believe what you believe. Because I think two things would happen in a class like that. I think, first of all, you would have a firm grasp on why you believe the doctrines, the things the Bible teaches that you believe. Have a grasp such a point that you could actually explain to somebody else biblically from the scriptures why you believe what you believe. And you know the other thing that I think would come out of that class is you'd figure out some of the things that you believe ain't Bible. They aren't biblical. You don't find that in the Bible anywhere. You might believe it for this reason or that reason or because of personal experience or because somebody else said it one time and it sounded good to you or whatever. But I think two things would happen in a class like that. I think that one is that you would, that you would learn what you believe well enough that you could biblically from the scripture explain it to somebody else. And two, I think you would figure out some of the things that you believe ain't in the scripture anywhere. I think many of us would be surprised at what we would learn if we would dig into the Word of God. So the first thing that I want to say to you this morning is maybe, just maybe, you need a new beginning in your Bible reading, in your Bible study. Maybe you need a new beginning in setting aside some time to devote to God and to get into His Word. You, that, you want to get close to God? That is how you are going to get the closest is in and through His Word. 99% of the time or 98% of the time or whatever that God speaks to you, it's going to be through His Word. When we speak to Him, we pray and we, and, and we speak to Him through prayer and He speaks to us. I mean, yes, He does speak to our hearts, but most of the time He speaks to us through His Word. You've got 1,189 chapters filled plumb to the brim of God speaking to you. And you won't even bother to open and read it. Why in the world do you think that he would bother to speak to you any other way whenever he's already given you all of this? Get into the Word. Maybe, maybe, here's my second one. Maybe you need a new beginning in your service to God. I wonder how many of us have started out doing something for God and then quit before it was finished. It's tempting to do, right? That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. So what is he going to do? He's going to come along, and he is going to do his best to discourage you. He is going to do his best to throw you off, to get you to decide that it's not worth it, that it's not working, and try to get you to quit. And sadly, many times he is successful. Maybe you started something along the way for God. 
And you stopped before God said stop, before it was finished. Listen to me. Maybe God's been dealing with your heart about doing something for you. Now would be a good time to start over again. Now would be a good time to start whatever it is God has asked you to do. Maybe I should just be saying it this way. What has God asked you to do that you're not doing? Has he asked you to teach and you're not teaching? Has he asked you to sing and you're not singing? Has he asked you to, to, to be his hands and feet and to help someone in some way and you're not doing it? Has he asked you to go out and to witness to somebody and to share the gospel with somebody and you're not doing it? Has he asked you maybe to give something, right? Maybe either give something to assist somebody else or maybe he's asked you to give up something. You're not doing it. Maybe he's asked you to go see somebody. Maybe he's burdened your heart with somebody to visit and somebody to see. Now's the time to do that. Can I ask you some questions here this morning? Would you be willing to work uh, wherever the Lord puts you? If God called you to go halfway around the world as a missionary, if he called you to go to the jungles of South America, would you, would you sell everything and go? If he called you to go to the plains of Africa, would you sell out and go? If he called you to go to the deserts and the sand of the Middle East, to countries where it's illegal to believe what we believe and to carry a Bible, uh, the, the, this book right here, the Word of God that we carry, where it's illegal to tell somebody and try to win somebody to Jesus. Penalty being death. If God called you and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt right now that he was speaking to your heart and that's what he wanted you to do, would you go? What if God called you to work with the youth right here in Mountain Grove? Would you do it? What if God wanted you to reach the people here in our community? Would you be willing to go out into the community on some sort of uh, evangelistic efforts? Would even two or three be willing to try something different. And what I mean different is I mean different from what you've already been doing for Jesus. Would you be willing to try something different for Jesus? Would you be willing to spend some time daily praying specifically in an organized way? What I mean by an organized way is a group of us praying together for the same thing. Maybe at the same time, I don't know, but definitely on a daily basis for the same thing. Maybe for someone who's lost. Would you be willing? I think I had some positive nods on that praying together. But let me take it a step farther. If in that effort, if God put it on your heart to be his hands and feet and go to, that, go to somebody and witness to them and speak to them, would you be willing to do it? What I'm asking you here this morning is would you be willing to do 
something. I actually mean maybe it might end up taking the form of a physical action, not just thinking some sort of good positive thoughts or wishing, you know, being wishful for something, but I mean, would you be willing to actually, if God asked you to, would you be willing to actually do something in order to see souls added to the kingdom of God this year? Would you be willing to go on mission for the Lord wherever that might be and to be His hands and feet and to speak His word to a lost and dying people? Maybe for some of us we need to start over in that area on our service for God. Another thought that I had I'll briefly mention was maybe some of us need a new beginning in our marriage. Or if you're not married yet and you're dating, maybe in your relationship, right? Uh, there, there's many marriages or, or relationships that may turn into a marriage uh, that are just barely holding on. Can I give you the same, if that's you, can I give you the same advice that I give every couple I counsel before I marry them? God has got to be the center of that relationship, Period. If yours is one of those that, that is barely hanging by a thread or having a little trouble or a little difficulty, if you want to change that, then you need to put Jesus first in your marriage. It's, it's that simple, but yet that difficult. You've got to put Jesus first. You've got to reconstruct that marriage or that relationship around the Bible, around the Lord's work, and around God's people. Can you imagine stopping and envision what that would look like for just a minute instead of it being constructed around your own wants and your own needs or, or your spouse's wants and needs and thoughts and, and ambitions and whatever they might want. If, we, if everybody, both parties, would just toss all that out, set all that aside, and you would completely reconstruct it around God, and you would put in the center of it God, and then reconstruct and build out from there, right, building it around the Word of God, the, the work of God, and God's people. I think you would see a change take place beyond what you believed was even possible. It's so important to keep yourself involved with Christian fellowship amongst God's people. And if there's a problem in the marriage, I think God would mend that. I really do. But if, listen to me, if it's going to work, everyone has got to do their part and do it the way that God told them to do it. If it's going to work, each one of you are going to have to assume the proper biblical role in your marriage. Uh, we talked about that just a little bit, briefly hit on it in Sunday school this morning. Husbands, you've got to be the spiritual leader in your family. Now, I, I'm thrilled and I'm, and I'm proud. Usually when you look at our congregation, there is about as many men as women. It's pretty close, uh, but that is unusual. That is very unusual. You look, you look out at the average church today, I don't care what denomination or what group it's a part of, and the women usually outnumber the men two to one. And sadly, in, in a lot of those, now some of them are widows and, and you know, and never been married or divorced or whatever, but 
for the sad part for most of them, the husband is at home. Right? He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not being the spiritual leader in the household that he is supposed to be. And therefore things aren't going well. They're not going the way they should be. She's not truly happy. uh, And he's not either. Husbands, be the leader. The spiritual leader in your family. Don't be a dictator. Love your family just as the Lord loved and give his life for the church. That's the example. But be the spiritual leader. Be a godly leader. Lead your family to the Lord and in His work and in His service. And wives, let me just quickly say, you're going to have to encourage your husbands. And you're also going to have to let them be that spiritual leader. So encourage him to to be the spiritual leader. And pray for him. And then when he tries to do that, let him do it. Let him do it. And one last thing and I'm done. Coming back to our text. Some of us need a new beginning in our lives. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Your life, when you get saved, your life is made new. You have a chance at a new life. I've said this many times. Um, Thank God I'm not who I used to be. Listen to me. There is some of you, there is very possibly some of you sitting here this morning who are without Christ. There is very possibly some of you sitting here this morning that has never truly been born again of the Spirit of God that has never truly been saved, right? You may have pretended, you may have acted like it, you may have tried to walk the walk or or look like you were walking the walk, right? But you know deep down that you're not where you ought to be. You know that you're not who you're pretending to be. You know that you're not truly saved. And maybe, maybe you're a really good actor. And maybe you've done a good job fooling everyone. And and nobody really knows it. But I'll tell you one who does know it. And that's God. He knows it. Let me encourage you today, if that's you, lay down the, the facade, the mask, the fakeness. And today's the day for you to come to the Lord. Jesus said... Him that cometh to me. See, you know, the longer that we play that role and we act like that, the harder it is to lay it aside and admit the truth and come forward and come to him. But I'm telling you, today may be your last opportunity. Today may be your last day. There's no guarantee of another chance, right? And for some of you, the devil may be sitting there saying, oh, after all that you've done and you've done this this long, there's no way the Lord will accept you, right? Or maybe some of you are sitting there thinking, well, I don't know uh, if he's calling me today. If I come, will he accept me Jesus himself said him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out now is your opportunity you can start over again today and do you know what will happen right you you probably think all kinds of people are going to think ill things about you bad things about you but that's not true you know what will happen angels in heaven will rejoice That's what will happen. Angels in heaven will rejoice. 
And if, we, and if the rest of mankind doesn't rejoice with them, if we don't rejoice with them, then something's wrong with us. Then maybe there's some of you, you've been saved for a long time, but yet somehow you've still managed to resist the Holy Spirit, you've somehow you've managed to grieve Him, and you've still made a mess out of maybe something in your life, some aspect, some part of your life. Listen to me. You too can start over again today. What you need is forgiveness. Listen to me. Forgiveness is not ration. Forgiveness is not in short supply. There's plenty of it. There's more than what you can use, than what you need. I'll say it that way. There's plenty. Forgiveness is not limited. You can be forgiven. 1 John 1 9 says as simply as this If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen to me. Don't let this year that we're starting today, don't let it end. Don't let it end and you still be in the same place that you are right now. Let me implore you, do something about it. Start over again today. If you need a new life, Come. If there's an area in your life that you've made a mess out of and you need some help because you want to live in uh, true holiness and godliness and you want to live that uh, according to the way the Lord would have you to, now's the time to come and to repent, to ask for forgiveness and to get some help. Today's a good day to make the decision. I'm going to be in the Word this year. I'm going to find time. It's going to be a priority. That I'm going to set that at the top, spend time with God, and I'm going to trust Him to make everything else below that fit in. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to come. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come this morning? If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, would you come this morning? A heavy heart, come this morning. Whatever it is, don't miss this opportunity. God calling you, would you come this morning? Spirit of God drawing you, knocking on your heart's door. Do not resist. The more you resist, the more your heart will become hardened. Right? You want that thing soft and tender, right? So that it's receptive to the Holy Spirit of God when He speaks to you. If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, if you're being drawn this morning, would you come? Would you come?